Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Your program. Raw and uncut. Nigga Jack, you know how you do it. You know what I'm saying? Keeping it all the way live. Broadcasting live from Hutchinson, Kansas. Well, I'm sitting here with a linguist. I had a linguist. no idea. <laughs> I love I didn't that. know you were a but I didn't know that you were a wordsmith. <laughs> Call Jiggy right now. 267-22 Jiggy. Daddy Hey Jiggy, what's happening, man? You must be that uh, David Bowie song. Jiggy play guitar. Jeff. It's a great name, man. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Presenting. I'm, I'm Mike Massey. I'm, uh, you know, you can catch me on Jiggy Jag TV and uh, see a few of my trick shots there. Thank you very much. Jiggy Jaguar. I never knew what freedom was until I saw you lose yours. It helps if you turn the microphone on before you connect the Skype call. But we are going to go to our next guest who is going to join us here in just a few seconds here on our big broadcast. We also are going to bring in the fantastic Dan Perkins and IQ Al Rizzoli as well. And you can get a hold of us online over there at JiggyJagwire.com. That is J-I. G-G-Y-G-G-U-A-R.com. And uh, lots of things happening. If you uh, want to get our archived on-demand audio, as the radio industry likes to say. Because remember, you can't say that P word. It is banned in radio because radio couldn't figure out a way to, uh, to capitalize on podcasting. They just decided, hey, we're going to just ban the term and just forget about it. Uh, but if you want to get that, you can go over to our website, J-I-G-G-Y-J-G-Y-R.com. You can also find us on oh, the Facebook as well. And uh, all of our social media stuff is available, of course, on our website at JiggyJagbar.com. Uh, iHeartRadio as well. And over 200 radio stations, AM, FM radio stations across the country and around the world. And we are going to go to our next guest he is going to join us here in just a few seconds good afternoon can you hear me there is iq al rizzoli the fantastic iq al rizzoli well i'm glad to to be heard well i'm I'm glad to hear you you, my friend oh sir how are you thank god so far i'm still alive so far i'm still alive that is awesome we're we're glad to hear that yeah we, we are also going to bring in the fantastic oh, that, Dan Perkins oh, as well. And uh, what in the world is going on? We've got all sorts of things happening here. Um, so we have got a, a great guest with us today. So um, first of all, Dan Hedrickson, go ahead and introduce yourself to the, to the folks and uh, give us a little bit on your background here, my friend. Well, hi, I'm Dan Hendrickson. I'm an author, and I'm here to talk about my book, Brandy Ballad of a Pirate Princess. Um, I wrote that book uh, about two years ago, and it's about a young girl who was raised as a pirate um, by her parents, but her parents were killed, and she had to flee for her life, and she was raised by her uncle in Jamaica, and later on, her whole life went upside down because she had to actually fight against pirates. So, uh, and I've been writing books since about 2017. I have seven books published so far, and Brandy is by far my most popular. It's won several awards. It's won the Historical Book of the Year with Online Book Club. It's won a silver medal with a feather quill in the category of uh, romance and a bronze medal in the category of women's fiction. And it's got some pretty good reviews, especially from Kirkus. So, that's what I'm here to talk about, that book. That's awesome. That's awesome. So tell us about your writing process. Well, um, I uh, I like to use the uh, first, the third person, just a back, 
getting some feedback. No, no, not on our end. You're fine, my friend. Just keep talking. Tell us about this incredible, okay. incredible book, my friend. Tell <laughs> us all about it. All right. Um, I'm, uh, I, I was trained as a journalist back in uh, the early 80s. I went to Casper Community College in Casper, Wyoming, and I studied journalism, got my uh, degree there. And uh, I like to write in the third person present tense because that's the way I was trained as a, um, as a journalist. And the third person present tense basically keeps the reader right there in the action of the story. Um, that's why we were trained as journalists to put it in the newspaper. And back then, I always thought that'd be a great way to write a book because most books are written in the uh, the first person, you know, and past tense, simple past tense. So I've had a lot of luck with this. I've had a lot of good reviews with it. I think people really enjoy it because they get into the action. They say it's more like watching a movie. And... Um, it isn't just like telling a story that happened a long time ago. It's trying to get them into it right now. And I really enjoy it, and I probably will never change it. That's awesome. Well, let's start with Dan Perkins. Dan, you're you're an author yourself. You write so That's many true. so many columns as 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 you say, you uh you you try to consume all the ink possible. Um <laughs> I, I, I guess we'll do a uh, we'll, we'll, we'll we'll do an impromptu segment of a uh, uh, Dan to Dan. Uh, so 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 Perkins, what 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 do you have for for the other Dan here today? Well, um, I understand I, I understand that writers can disagree. Um, I, I used to write in, as you suggested, third person, uh, but I. For some reason, in my writing my seventh book, um, seventh thriller, uh, all of a sudden, about halfway through the book, um, I changed to writing first person, and I don't know why. And uh, my publisher said, um, you're not going to like this, but I think you need to go back and rewrite the whole book in first person. And so uh, I did that. I, I love I love writing in first person. Um uh, I understand that a lot of writers write in third person present tense, and I think that's a fine writing style. Uh, but I think as writers, we have to find what we believe is the most comfortable style for us. And uh, if that works for you, God love you, uh, it's important. And because if an author is comfortable with how they write, it shows up in what they write. Um, how did you choose a subject matter for this book? Well, um, I was a huge pirate movie fan when I was a kid, and uh, I read, you know, lots of books with my, my dad. We read, uh, you know, C.F. Forster's um, Horatio Hornblower series. We read, uh, you know, Treasure Island. I used to watch movies like Captain Blood with, uh, you know, uh, all those different pirate movies that back in the 50s and the 60s were a big deal in our lives. And so when I started writing, I first uh, I got into writing, you know, some thrillers about present day and uh, military thrillers and stuff like that. But I just got the idea that I'd like to explore that. And I started studying what was going on, you know, doing some research, what was going on back in the Caribbean, back in the 1840s and 50s before the uh, Civil War happened. And there was just so much drama that happened back then right before the uh, Civil War and the free, freeing of the slaves. And especially a lot of stuff happened down there with the, uh, you know, coming up to the emancipation of the slaves and the abolitionist movement. And what I found out about the Caribbean is there was a whole abolitionist movement that was going on in the Caribbean, taking slaves, former slaves, really slaves, and, and taking them out in the Caribbean and repopulating them in maroons all around the Caribbean. And that's where they, they, they would live free. And there were ships that would pick these people up off the coast of Florida um, and different places. And they would bring them to freedom. And they were a lot of them were former uh, British naval officers. As you know, Britain freed their slaves back in the 1830s. And so a lot of these guys that were privateers became abolitionists and started working with the abolitionists of the north, like up in New York. And it was just a great thing to include into a whole pirate saga. 
And so Brandy was raised as a pirate. Her dad was a slaver and he was also a pirate that, you know, uh, ransacked ships and stuff. And then she went to uh, Kingston, uh, Jamaica to live with her uncle to run a uh, a tavern. And they meet up with one of Britain's best uh, or most famous uh, sea captains who becomes a abolitionist. And she falls in love with his first officer. And then she, um, through a series of circumstances, has to rescue this uh, first officer from some pirates. And she has to go back and claim her parents' ship to do so. Mm. The, uh, do you think the success of the, the Disney Pirates of the Caribbean with Jack Sparrow uh, enhanced the, the pirate mystique? I think it very much did, um, but the story doesn't have a whole lot to do with that. It's a little bit more serious than, than you know, Pirates of the Caribbean because it had to do a lot with the uh, emancipation of the slaves and uh, the abolitionist movement. So I think, you know, just like anybody, if you write a story about a certain subject, there's a real huge popular movie out there about it. It is going to help you sell books, mm. but I wasn't my intent. My intent was more to be more like... Uh, you know, Treasure Island and Captain Blood and Horatio Hornblower and those those stories that I grew up with. So what are you working on now? Anything? Um, I just finished a book. It's a historical fiction. It's it's totally different. And it's about the uh, it's called Magi Apprentice. And it is about the uh, Magi, the wise men that visited the baby Jesus in Matthew chapter two. And it's a uh, it's got a lot of drama and and uh you know romance and all kinds of things but it's it's showing how these guys from the east found out and decided uh that the the messiah was born by the astronomical you know astrological events that took place in the heavens and so you know i just take them through that whole situation i have a young calvi officer in the parthian empire that uh, joins the magi and helps them get from parthia into the roman empire which was a huge huge uh, deal back then because they had to get right of passage and all that and you don't see that in the bible but uh for those guys to travel from parthia to the roman empire and walk into king herod's courts was incredible uh, what they did and and to be able to just go to the little town of bethlehem and visit a newborn or a young child was also pretty incredible they had to have some great entourage and they had to have some great uh, backup from the roman empire and from the parthian empire to be able to do so so that's all in that book and then right now I'm writing the sequel to Brandy, and I'm about mm, more than halfway through it. And how long does it take you? To, how, how long are your novels, and how long does it take you to write them? Well, uh, Magi Apprentice took me almost two and a half years, um, and it's about 104,000 words, so it's probably going to be about a 400-page novel. Most of my books are between 65 and 85,000 words, and they're usually, you know, with the bigger formats of the books that are about 250, 250, 275 pages. Are you doing audio of your books? I have three books out on audio right now. Brandy's out on audio. Uh, my first book, The Good Fight, and my second book, The Cartel Crusher, are also out on audio. And how are they doing in terms of sales? Oh, they're okay. Um, they could do a lot better. You know, well, the audio, I, I, Everything I read is that audiobooks are the fastest growing segment of the publishing industry. And uh, people just don't want to sit down and read a book. They turn pages. They just want to be talked to. Yeah. Well, you must know something about how to, how to promote those books that I don't. Because, I mean, I, I've gotten a few sales, but my, my, uh, my Kindle sales are still way above the audio sales. Mm. So you do, you do a lot of Kindle work? Yeah, I do Kindle, and I do, well, my books are on Kindle, they're on, um, in Barnes & Noble, a couple of them are on Apple. When you publish through Income Sparks, they kind of put all that stuff through there for you. Mm. So, yeah. Okay, did you, have you written in your other books, have you written different genres? I kind of stick to the, um, the thriller, action, and adventure. Um, now, Brandy, even though I didn't intend it to be, has been labeled a romance. And even the online book club often advertises it as a steamy romance. I never wrote it as a romance. I do tend to like to put romance in my novels um, because I just think that every action adventure uh, book or movie that I ever said always has a romance. Maybe I just had a, a knack for putting it with Brandy that they liked it so well. I don't know. But. When I was uh, finished my uh, seventh book, 
I was beginning to research to decide what I wanted to write about next. And I always mm -hmm. try and do something different. And so I went to Google and I asked it some questions and I said, what is the number one genre in book sales? Oh, wow. Pardon? I said, oh, wow. I never thought of doing that. <laughs> two to one. Two to one over thrillers is romance. Okay. Two to one. And so I also then did some research. So what's the period that seems to have the greatest amount of interest? Mm-hmm. Prior to, during, and after the Second World War. Okay. So well, my wife does read a lot of books like that. Yeah. Pardon me. My wife reads a lot of books in that category. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah. does mine. It's a. So I wrote a book. I wrote a book, uh, a novel, um, about one hundred and twenty-five thousand words uh, around um, a young girl who grows up in. Uh, Waterloo, Iowa, and wants to get into the world and becomes a nurse and gets involved in a war and people. I mean, it, it's a fascinating story. I also simultaneously in publishing uh, my first true historical fiction called uh, Abraham Lincoln and the Second Assassin. Oh, wow. That took four and a half years to write. It's an epic. It's two volumes, about 238,000 words. You really enjoyed the research when you did that, didn't you? Oh, I, I, I actually spend probably about as much time doing research as I actually do writing. Yeah, it's fascinating. It really is. That's, that's one of the things that keeps me going. Yeah, do you do a lot of research on your books? Yeah, yeah. In fact, like, you know, I'm, I'm, right, I'm writing the uh, sequel to Brandy right now, and I'm looking in the period of, like, 1854 to 1861, right before the Civil War, mm -hmm. and there is just so much going on there. I mean, I had no idea how much England supported the southern states, secretly at first and then openly. And they had already, uh, you know, freed all their slaves, but their business dealings, especially with the East India Company, who uh, was a big slave company for a long time, um, made it so that they, they, they wanted to support the southern states. And their, their big reason was is because Prince Albert really wanted to be able to uh, see the America, you know, our United States tear itself apart in that war and then come in and clean up and take us all back under their wing. Um, hmm. That was the original intent there. But, uh, you know, it's, it, it's fascinating material. To uh, to be able to use in a book because you got so much drama there that you can that you can draw on. There was a blockade that uh, you know he sent down um, to keep the North from getting their ships down south to go to, to to battle the Southern Navy that was just you know getting together, and they hired a bunch of privateers as as naval ships at first until they get some stuff built. So yeah, just you know. What, what gets me is I, I get so fascinated with that research, I forget to start writing. I go a couple of days looking at that stuff, and I go, oh, I better put this in my book somewhere. I'm gonna, <laughs> you know. but let it, me yeah, take fun. your experience and bring it to today. Hmm? Um, San Francisco and some other cities in California and some other cities around the country are discussing uh, reparations okay. to black and people. And San Francisco... Two weeks ago, I had a proposal on the table of $5 million to qualified blacks in San Francisco. It's now been raised to $7.5 million per person, cash up front. And uh, they want to pay them $97,000 a year for 250 years income, eliminate all taxes, and... Um, they want to be able to have every black acquire a house in San Francisco at no charge. And have you followed any of this reparation story? No, I have not followed it. I've, I've heard of that, not anywhere in depth what you just said. I've heard about that. Um, what you just said, in my opinion, is completely unsustainable. I mean, I do not think that the money is there to be able to do something like that, whether it's right or wrong. You know, I don't know. Um, 
my opinion is is that slavery was a blight on this world for you know millennials it was it was it was a horrible blight and and really the 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 enslavement of the african people in the last two centuries was was towards the end of it um where you know culture started growing up and out of it uh but you know the united states and and i did i did some pretty good research on this the united states is the only country in the history of the world where its people its citizens decided to rise up and fight each other over that issue and uh you know you had the haitian rebellion but that was slaves back in like i think it was 1821 or so maybe earlier than that but they they were they rebelled against you know their the government and they overthrew it and they took the country but in the united states did the people chose sides we're the only country in the world that ever done that and you know it was the most hor- horrific war that was ever fought on on this soil and pe- and lots of people died over it lots of people gave their lives i mean there were 600,000 yeah and so you know these there were a lot of you know there were a lot of white people that gave their lives to free black people you know and i, I think that i haven't heard that i haven't heard anybody talk about that you know out out in the media that uh you know somebody ought to say well yeah abraham lincoln did do something pretty wonderful that he he went to war over this issue and he wanted you know he wanted them free he wanted them free and the south broke off and they said no you're not breaking off and we're going to go to war over this and and when we're done they're going to be free now it took a long time after we freed them to build our culture to give them the kind of rights that they deserve because they are equal they're just equal as the rest of us So, you know, we should treat them equally, but to, you know, pay them millions of dollars, pay their their descendants millions of dollars, I don't know. You know, I I I think it would be a problem that a city or a state would bring upon themselves that would just be completely unsustainable. I don't think they could do it. You know, I think they would bankrupt themselves and and I think it would cause a lot of a lot of unrest. I think it would really cause It, not only will it cause a lot of unrest I, in writing a piece uh, a couple of weeks ago on medium commentary um, what I found out was that Pew research uh, did a study on what percentage of blacks in America were not born here they're not native right 20% yeah of the of the black population and in the commentary that i wrote if you if you take 20% of the black race and pit it against the 80% of the black race it's going to be genocide yeah i need to see that i mean <laughs> it's it, it's it, it's a tough issue i think you know it's like i'm a businessman i don't i don't a business i know how powerful money motivation is you know to get people to do things and uh i think that's really what is the heart of this you know i mean uh i saw a, i saw an interview that morgan freeman was doing on television a few years ago and the man asked him he says do you think that it is uh it, it, that black people are still oppressed today to rise up and do whatever they want he looked the guy straight in the eye he goes not anymore and it was it was it was a african american man that was interviewing him and morgan looks at this guy and he goes you and i are examples of this he says look where we're at look what we're doing and uh you know i think we come a long way and i think that you know in our country anybody can really rise up and do anything they want whether they're black white whether they're of Indi- indian descent what whatever you know that they can you know, asian descent i think the doors are open and i think what those towns are proposing will just close them you know they'll they'll make it harder because it'll it'll make people resentful you know you see other people living for free and and getting paid to do i mean look what all this covid stuff has done for us watching all these people still stay at home and and not work while the rest of us are out working and figuring out ways to keep getting money mm-hmm. uh, you know it's 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 you know we don't like it and i have i have employees in my shop they don't like it they talk about it all the time they well, you know i know a guy that he hasn't worked in 3 years and after the covid money run out he figured out how to get on welfare so yeah so in your in your most recent book do you spend much time talking about 
you mentioned in, in your interview here uh, slavery. Do you spend a lot of time talking about the impact of slavery in the Caribbean and those kind of things? A little bit, yeah. Um, now, in the Caribbean, it was a little bit different than the United States because there was a huge, when it first started out, like, say, in the, the, the 1500s, there was a huge labor deficit there. And they wanted to, you know, they wanted to get people there to work their sugar and their cotton and the different and, and, and the ships and stuff. And so they were basically enslaving anybody they could. I mean, yeah, they went to Africa and, and they uh, they they, you know, they harvested those people. But they also would if you owed money, if you if you were in debt in England or Europe or something like that, you could go into servitude and you'd be sent to the Caribbean and you'd be put into harsh labor. So that's basically how that developed. And then they did try then they tried to start uh, using the natives of those islands and those different big islands out there. And they started to get trying to get them to do the work, too. And that kind of blew up in their face. And uh, that's really why England, who was the biggest landholder there next to Spain, you know, uh, were, were forced to emancipate their slaves back in 1830 because there were just so much unrest about it. And, uh, you know, they, they figured out they had to start, you know, at least paying them something to do what they're what they're supposed to do. They had to make it so that they, you know, that, that they had the labor, but they can't have slaves. And it was uh, it was it was it was a lot of turmoil for hundreds of years going on in there. And, uh, you know, it wasn't quite like the United States. The United States had big plantations. They had all that. And uh they those those people really didn't have talking about the slaves in the states didn't have the ability or the ability to rise up of their own and, and, and free themselves or cause a bunch of unrest. It was the unrest happened with the within the population of, of, of the citizens of the United States, where half of them said, We don't like this. We're gonna get rid of this and we're gonna and we want you to go to war over it. There were families that were divided, you know, half the family would join the South, half the family would join the North and be on the battlefield fighting each other. Where can we get your books? You can get my books at Amazon and Barnes and Noble. They're in uh, uh, digital and you know hardback and uh, paperback. And uh, you can look on my website, dannyhendrickson.com, uh, and you can find all my books, all the awards that you know that they've won and stuff. And yeah, I'm just like, I'm an author just like you, <laughs> you know, trying to get the books out there. Well, Thank you, uh, Jim. Well, we are going to do this. We are going to take a brief time out here. And uh, when we come back, we will have more with Dan Perkins and IQI Rizzoli. Dan Hendrickson, thank you for joining us today. It's been an honor and a privilege. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. There he goes. That is Dan Hendrickson. And uh, we are going to take a brief time out here. And... Uh, as they like to say, we're going to pay some bills, whatever the hell that means. Um, let's go to it. Once we get all this figured out here, I'll... One of our brand new marketing partners here at Transmedia Worldwide. Absolutely amazing stuff. Let's tell you about this incredible new GoFundMe campaign. It is GoFund.me slash the letter eight. E-3-D-9-B-5-3. This GoFundMe campaign is for a student in the Ukraine last year. They were there after the military conflict with Russia. They were forced to flee to the Netherlands, and now they're trying to raise money to continue their education in the Netherlands. They've been trying hard, but it's not easy to find a job there. They were in the Ukraine. They're studying, but without any financial support. They fear they might not be able to finish the studies. They are requesting you kindly help them out because you are the last hope of getting them back on track with their education. They need some of your hard-earned money today. Go over to GoFund.me slash the number eight, the letter E, the number three, the letter D, the number nine, the letter B, the number five, number three. You need to help them out today because they need to finish their education and they need some of your money to get it done. We have got more coming up on the other side.
Okay, let's go back to it. We're going to get Dan Perkins and IQ and the whole group back in here. So let's go to Rose Columbo. She is going to be with us. She is fired up and not patient. <laughs> so we are going to go to Rose Columbo. Uh, we're going to ring the group, as they say. And uh, we will get Rose Columbo in here. And hopefully Rose Columbo will be able to hear us. And hopefully we will be able to hear Rose Columbo. So uh, hopefully Rose picks up her Skype here in just a few moments and we get her on with us. iHeartRadio is the best spot to find us. Also, J-I-G-G-Y-J-E-G-U-A-R.com. Get a hold of us online over there at JiggyJaguar.com. 50-plus AMFM stations across the country and around the world. Thanks for tuning in and being a part of the big program. Live video on our website, JiggyJaguar.com. Monday through Friday, we are live, 2 Central, 3 Eastern, 12 Pacific, and 1 p.m. Mountain Standard. We're waiting on Rose Colombo to pick up her Skype so we can get her in here 24-7 at JiggyJaguar.com. And, of course, on-demand archived audio is available, and we are going to try this again and see if we can get Rose Colombo to join us here on Skype. So, uh, hopefully, she will join us here in just a few seconds. But uh, while we patiently wait on Rose Colombo, I guess we'll tell you about our brand new marketing partner over there at Transmedia Worldwide. Absolutely amazing stuff. Go over to righthandman.d. That's right, righthandman.d. Indiegogo.com as well. Go over to I-N-D-I-E-G-O-G-O dot com and search Wine Hand. That's right. They have a professional promotional service via social media. They are German, but they are able to talk in English. They lived round about 2.5 years in Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, you can always get in touch with them via email at gurusmi at outlook.com or info at righthandman.d. It's the first time they've started a crowdfunding campaign. They're nearly selling something via the internet. And they need them and us to help them with this today. So go over to indiegogo.com. That's I-N-D-I-E-G-O-G-O dot com. We want you to go over to Indiegogo.com and search Wine Hand. It is a hand as a stand for a wine bottle. We need you to go over and help them out today because Wine Hand is absolutely amazing. But they can't make their dream come true if you don't go support them and give them some of your hard-earned money. Go over to Indiegogo.com and search Wine Hand. Check it out today and tell them you heard about it here, Transmedia Worldwide. Okay, let's go back to it. We're going to try to get Rose Colombo in here. And um, we may just have to end up calling Rose. Because for whatever reason, we can't seem to get Rose Colombo in here. So, I think we're going to have to call Rose Colombo. Uh, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I don't know what's going on here. So, I guess we'll call Rose Colombo. Um... On Skype here. So. I guess we'll add Rose as a contact on Skype. And I guess what we'll do is we'll try to call Rose Colombo. And see if we can add her in with everybody and just do it that way. And see what's going on here. I don't know. Hello. There we are. I think we've got 
Rose Colombo, Rose, can you hear me, my friend? I can hear you very I've well. Can you. you hear me? I've got you. Yes. Just give me a couple seconds. I've got to reboot Skype. I'm going to be right back. Just give me a couple seconds here. No. We're having some issues with Skype. And, of course, we would have issues with Skype today with Rose Colombo. And um, it's always a fun time. Having all sorts of network issues. I'm trying to download a massive 7 gig file. And I've also got a whole bunch of other nonsense going. And, of course, that is not going to allow me to be able to do what I need to do. So, let's just go back here and get Rose Colombo and Dan Perkins. I thought you were having to... There ah, we are. You have somebody. Okay. I think we've About got... About time, Jiggy. Yes, Come on, the yes. lady's waiting. Yes, I, I'm going to see if I can get... Ro uh, we're, we're trying to get Rose Colombo in here. and She has been calling you for the last 10 minutes. Okay, well, we're going to see if so I've got... Is. Okay, He's there we here. are. I think we've got I'm Rose Colombo. I think we've got IQ. I think we've got Dan. I think we've got all the technical issues aside. So, so Rose Colombo, talk to me and Dan and IQ a little bit about some of your work. And uh, I know that Dan's going to have some questions for you, and IQ will as well. Well, that's great. I tried to put on the video, but it won't. It's got a That's fine. Don't worry about it. We're, 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 we 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 want to talk to you, my friend. We want to talk to you. Go ahead. All righty. Well, what's going on is many many agents are interested in my latest book, the uh, international prestigious urban award winning book. Thank God for that. Uh, and that's really uh, uplifting to think that the mainstream media is interested in. Uh, political satire that actually uh, talks about depopulation and how it could actually, uh, in the uh, story, how it could actually happen to a dinosaur, Judeo-Christian dinosaur nation. And so to me, that's really exciting considering all the people that have suffered grave injuries. Uh, I saw 300,000 online uh, in one estimation and then the other was uh, of course the multiple deaths around the country and the world so i'm very excited about that because i tell people it's not just a book it is a message for humanity and so that's so important to me but you know even above and beyond my book james and um and daniel um i am very concerned about and saddened about the shameful attack on President Trump for seven years because I wrote the book, Fight Back Legal Abuse. That was also a global uh, international award winner. And that book was self-help for people who know little or very little or nothing about the legal system because it's such a mystery to most of us. And uh, the version two is coming out in 2023 towards the end of the year. And my point is that everything in that book that I inform people was happening or could happen not just to some people, but to anyone when injustices come knocking on your back door unexpectedly, which happened in Mar-a-Lago to the Trump family and President Trump. I am very saddened and ashamed of this country and our Department of Justice who is taking funding from George Soros funding Open Society and admitting on video that he did not want President Trump to be president in 2020 or 2024. So this is such a political attack. And no American should be uh, held to the horrible... Um, conflicts of interest and also to the harassment that has come against President Trump and his family for seven years nonstop. I mean, for this man to even be standing and to be still strong about being loyal to the American people, to the country, to the Constitution, 
Constitution of the United States of America. I believe this is one of the saddest days in American history that no one's looking at the fact that two consenting adults came to a settlement offer, agreed that she was to be silent about the issue. But when he got president, obviously, she wanted more money and more fame. And so this happens all the time. But but President Trump did not deserve to have the Department of Justice politically target him because George Soros has funded so many prosecutors across this country, which means we no longer have a Department of Justice, in my opinion, and we have no justice if you are not on the side of those who are coming against the Republicans, the GOP, the Christians, the Catholics, the Jews, anyone who doesn't agree with them. And we are on a very slippery slope right now. Don't we've got we've got Rose Colombo with issue. us today. Um, so Dan, I, I want to start with you. What what, what kind of questions here sure. do you have for Rose Colombo? Rose, did you see any of the uh, arraignment video today? I didn't have an opportunity to do that because I had a meeting, but um, I understand it was pretty sad. Was it? Yes. Um, um, he pleaded not guilty. Uh, there wasn't. Uh, um, there were a lot of interesting things that happened over the indictments. Um, uh, I didn't think that the Manhattan DA, when his press conference came afterwards, didn't do a very good job. One of the questions was, and it, it, I thought it was fascinating, the. Um, reporter at the press conference asked the DA, okay, so there are 34 counts and your contention is that these counts led to another crime. And his response was, I don't have to tell you what the crime was. I don't have to tell Trump and his lawyers what the crime was. So we have no idea that these 34 indictments, and I'll just spend a moment on that, um, uh, what, what the crime was that by doing one thing, he covered up another thing, which ultimately created a, a crime, but the, the DA doesn't want to tell us what the crime was. But what was interesting is that, let's, I'll, I'll try and make it as simple as I can understand. It. Let's say that you had a log, and on uh, January the 3rd, 2016, you met with uh, Fred Smith. That's one, one offense. On that same piece of paper, on July the 5th, you met with Mary Smith. That's the second offense. So these 34 events, 34 events, are basically entries into a log of discussions that were taking place. They weren't 34 separate incidents. They were 34 different entries. Uh, I did not think that he handled him, uh, the DA, uh, did anything, did, did Be raining somewhere. <laughs> okay, I uh, I think our internet connection is having all sorts of fun today. I don't know what is going on with our with our with our Skype connection here with Dan and Rose and IQ. Uh, I guess what I'll do is I'll hang the call up on my end and I'll reconnect the call. We always have these 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 technical issues with Rose Colombo, so it's probably just the fact we've got Rose Colombo booked on this show. <laughs> That's what it usually happens. 
but uh, we'll see if uh, the connection is a little bit better now. Um, it didn't start yesterday. It didn't start today. It started with Obama. The collapse of the justice system in Native America. You are now a banana republic. And I, and I'm an outsider. I mean, you show what America is not allowed to say. Nobody is allowed to say that. He has caused more destruction to America in two and a half years than Obama did in eight years or the Soviet Union in 70 years. What do you think? I think that Obama is still running the country because the agendas that I followed uh, even before Obama was uh, elected um, are still the same agendas that uh, Biden is carrying on. And I think it's Obama who's actually carrying on those same agendas because he is well connected to the um, to the Clintons and the Bidens and the um, Pelosi's and so forth, the, the whole, you know, clan. And so none of those people ever were uh, held accountable for any of their scandals, their crimes, the mysterious whistleblowers that died, the chemists, the scientists, the doctors who spoke out, or any of the medical staff, or J6, who didn't kill anybody, didn't injure anybody, but are treated worse, according to Congress, and to the um, attorneys who represented them. Three came out on Opened up and um, with Biden present as well, vice president and um, Schumer and Pelosi and uh, everyone else involved who brought in illegals, flew them in from foreign enemy nations, Chinese spies, Pakistani spies, Iranian spies, uh, not all, but there, we know for a fact because it was reported in the news and they got caught that they even worked in the White House and were hacking into our national security on the computers and they were trying to skip out of the country with suitcases of cash. And then we've got the open borders and this is called collectivism. And collectivism is where you I, I don't know what's going on here. We're we're losing our internet connection constantly here. To uh, do a study in the nineties to do a, a study on human commodities for human capital a.k.a. human beings being for profit, it has now come to fruition under 2019 with CDC, in my opinion. Uh, I think we could still have an opinion. Not sure, but uh, in my opinion, with um, Dr. Fauci, Dr. Birds, Dr. Um, I can't remember his name, but there was another doctor. Uh, also, 
uh, CDC, WHO director, Bill Gates, who's not a doctor, a virologist, a scientist, and an elected official, but funded the mainstream media to the tune of, I heard, 300 million or 500 million, whatever it is, it was a huge sum of money. So what we had was um, mainstream media doing the advertisements for Dr. Fauci and CDC and WHO and Big Pharma, especially Pfizer, and all the investors. Because in the meantime, in 2020, they had written the EUA and the PrEP Act. And that was without public transparency or public knowledge. And that was to be, they prepared this, in my opinion, uh, to be a 90-day program, and it was to um, eliminate and all the hospitals where there were elderly people or senior citizens. And that was just the beginning to see the reaction of the American people when they locked us down to see if we would rebel. And the American people didn't rebel because what they did Connection lost. Okay, we keep losing our connection on this. I'm not real sure what to do, so I think what we are going to do is wrap things up for today. Um, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to... Apologies to Rose Colombo. Hopefully we can get her back on and when the technology will work for us today. And uh, we will just call this a day. And uh, we will see you next time. And uh, as they say in the Eastern Bloc Nations, peace and chicken grease. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.